ಓನ್ನೋ ಮಿತ್ರಣ ಶನ್ನೋವತ್ವರ್ಯಮಂದ್ರ ಬೃಹಸ್ಪತಿ ಶನ್ನೋ ವಿಷ್ಣುರುಕ್ರಮ ನಮೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ವಾಯೋವ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಕ್ಷ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಸಿ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಕ್ಷ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವದಿಷ್ಯಾತಿಷ್ಯಾ ಸತ್ಯಂ ವದಿಷ್ಯಾ ತನ್ಮಾವದು ತದ್ವಕ್ತಾರಮವದು ಮಾತು ವಕ್ತಾರ ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಹೈ ಛಂದಸೃಷಭಿಶ್ವಭ್ಯಮೃತಸಂಬೂವ ಸೇಂದ್ರ ಮೇಧಯಸ್ಪೃಣೋ ಶರೀರ ಮೇ ವಿಚರ್ಷಣ ಜಿಹ್ವಾ ಮೇ ಮಧುಮತ್ತಮ ಕರ್ಣಾಭ್ಯಾಂಭೂರಿ ವಿಶ್ರುವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣ ಕೋಶಿ ಮೇಧಯಾತ ಮೇ ಗೋಪಾಯ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಹಂ ವೃಕ್ಷರೇರಿವ ಕೀರ್ತಿ ಪೃಷ್ಠಂಗಿರೇರಿವ ಊರ್ಧ್ವಪವಿತ್ರೋವಾಜಿನೀವಸ್ವೃತಮಸ್ಮೆ ದ್ರವಿಣಗುಂಸವರ್ಚಸ ಸುಮೇಧಾಮೃತೋಕ್ಷಿತೇತ್ರಿಶಂಕೋರ್ವೇದಾನುವಚನ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಪೂರ್ಣಮದೂರ್ಣಮಿದೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದೇ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯೇಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶ್ರುತಿಸ್ಮೃತಿಪುರಾಣಲಯಂಕರುಣಾ
ईश्वर गुरुरात्मेरे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनसगोचरम अवांग मनसगोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैतभानगह अतीतद्वैतभान गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे We read the passage 226 on the page 122. Kimbahuna, Kimbahuna, Ayam, Dehayatra Matratham, Dehayatra Matratham, Icha Nicha Parecha Prabhitani, Icha Nicha Parecha Prabhitani, सुखदुखलक्षणानि सुखदुखलक्षणानि आरब्धफलानि आरब्धफलानि अनुभवन् अन्तःकरणाभासादीनां अन्तःकरणाभासादीनां अवभासकस्सन् अवभासकस्सन् तदवसाने प्रत्यगानन्दपरब्रह्मणि प्राणे लीने सति अज्ञान तत्कार्य संस्काराणामपि विनाशाद परमकैवल्यम आनंदैकरसम अखिलभेद प्रतिभासरहितम अखंडम ब्रह्म अवतिष्ठते दिस पैसेज डिस्क्राइब्स व्हाट इज नोन एज विदेह मुक्ति हाउ दिस वाइज मैन वाज फ्री इवन व्हाइल ही वाज हियर इन दिस बॉडी बिकम्स फ्री टोटली व्हेन दिस बॉडी ड्रॉप्स ऑफ व्हाइल व्हाइल ही वाज इन बॉडी ही वाज लिविंग हियर देहयात्रा मात्रार्थम solely for the maintenance of his body so his life as far as his own deliberate actions were concerned they were mainly for maintenance of his body here is speaking even that is also not there the wise man who is totally surrendered to the lord so this knowledge is the ultimate surrender sarva dharman paityajya mamekam sharanam raja lord krishna says give up all your dharma meaning give up all your other anxieties and preoccupations mamekam sharanam raja and may you take refuge of me so taking refuge of the lord the ultimate refuge is what 
when there is no distance between the one who takes refuge and unto whom the refuge is taken, when as long as the devotee maintains even some distance with the Lord so long as he is holding on to something, and when completely he gives up himself completely, that means ahankara is totally surrender. That means that there is no distance between the devotee and the Lord. And how can the ahankara be surrendered? When only ahankara is known to be false, when in light of knowledge the ahankara is destroyed, meaning it is totally falsified. And therefore a wise man experiences no distance whatever with the Lord. He always dwells or revels in Lord. He is never away from it. Whether he is working or not working, he is doing or not doing, like, as we said, an actor who is playing different roles but is always aware of his identity at the back of his mind and therefore he never forgets himself. In that sense also, this wise man never really forgets his true identity, whether he is working or not working. And therefore, his, his actions are compared often to those of an actor. So he plays different roles. As the life or the destiny places different situations before him and therefore makes different demands upon him, he responds by playing different roles and as we said earlier, those roles are going to be played only in a manner which is in keeping with the code of conduct. In short, he is somebody, he is one who is spontaneously good. <coughs> so when one is totally thus devoted to the Lord, meaning that one is absorbed in him, sent focused upon him, ananyaha, as Lord Krishna says, Ananyaha, those who are non-separate from me, Chintayantomam, all the time dwelling upon me, or all the time centered on me, Ye Janaha Paryupasade, those who Paritaha Upasade, those who worship me in every way, Tesham Nitya Bhyuktanam, those who are always joined with me or always focused on me, always one with me, Yogakshemum Vahamiham, I take care of the yoga and kshema. Yoga is attainment of what is not attained. And kshema is the protection of what one has. This is yoga and kshema. This is what brings about the anxiety in us is to get what I don't have in order for the protection of myself or sustenance of this body and to protect whatever little I have in order that I am not deprived of what I need. So as long as even these worries and anxieties are there, so long one cannot abide in the knowledge. So Lord Krishna says, Yoga Kshemam Vahamiham. The one who all the time thinks of me, I think of him, in the sense that his needs are taken care of. So it is not that a wise man really even have to make an effort to go and ask for things. He may do that. He know to play his role again, because he is a renunciate, and therefore, it is uh, proper for the renunciates to go and get and ask for bhiksha and lust, live a certain way of life, which he may do. But he doesn't have to, because God alone really takes care of him. Meaning that for such a one, his needs are taken care of. That is meant by anit parichha prarabdham, parichha prapitani. So it is the other people who bring to him whatever he needs automatically. Anyway, whether he goes out and secures his own food or whether it comes to him, he is not doing it anyway. But even that anxiety of... of uh, so as Swami says, a wise man is the one who always lives in present, never worried about the future. What will happen tomorrow or what will happen in the evening is of no concern to him at all. He is free from the past as well as from the future. 
and such a person alone can live in present. So really living in present totally is wisdom. Mind when it is totally free from all the, the regrets or whatever was done in the past. And any kind of anxieties, etc., which one may have for the future, when one is free from that, then alone, so wise man is ever in the present. That's why yesterday we said he sometimes compared to a child or com- sometimes compared to a, uh, even a madman or sometimes compared to a ghost or whatever. <coughs> so, he, how does he live also? How does he gain? I mean, how does he... What is the nature of his experiencing different situations? He remains merely an eliminator of the various uh, modes of the mind. So various experiences create the states of mind and he remains as a very witness and eliminator of different states of mind and that is the nature of his participation in experiences. He is not an experiencer in the primary sense. It was said earlier that he is a witness and eliminator of whatever various modifications take place in the mind which we call experiences. Tadavasane, prarabdhavasane and when even the prarabdha also is exhausted which it will because the body is born as a result of prarabdha as a result of the destiny and that prarabdha will be exhausted when whatever experiences have to be gained have been gained tadavasane Pratyagananda Parabrahmani Prana Liniyasati His prana, which means the subtle body. Liniyasati It totally merges. So the subtle body merges into Parabrahmani into Parabrahma which is what? Pratyaga, which is the very self. Ananda, which is happiness or fullness in that the subtle body completely merges. So it is said. Or, as we said yesterday, as Mundaka Upanishad describes, that this subtle body which is made up of different components, all those components merge into the respective sources, thereby we don't have any nucleus called the subtle body. And therefore, no individuality, no trace of individuality remains. This is the idea. Here they give the example of a drop of water uh, a, a little drop of water on the hot uh, uh, frying pan. So imagine a frying pan or a pan, you know, without any, any oil or anything in it, a pan which is heated, you know, red hot pan on the fire, and on that you just drop one drop of water. What happens to the water? It gets completely merged, you know, it evaporates right away. So that is an example they give as to how the subtle body also completely merges into completely merges into Brahma, into the, into the Self. When this happens, now nothing remains. There is nothing remains for him to take another birth. Agnana tatkari samskarāvu vināsāt Ignorance is destroyed already in the wake of knowledge. And all the samskaras are all the impressions created by ignorance. Ignorance, as you say, gives rise to its secondary products. Ignorance primarily gives rise to the ahankara, the sense of ego. Mamakara, the sense of possession. Radha, dvesha, likes and dislikes. And gives rise to various karma and the karma phalas. So this is, uh, these are all the byproducts of ignorance. 
or ignorance is known because of these products. And all of these have been destroyed in the fire of knowledge. That is how one becomes totally ripe. Even the knowledge also has to become ripe. When the fire of knowledge, all these impurities, like likes, dislikes, the selfishness, sense of possession, the ego, when all of these are resolved, or they are burnt in the light of, in the fire of knowledge, or resolved in the light of knowledge, like the snake gets resolved in the torchlight, and so also, all these which are products of aviveka, non-discrimination, by the discrimination of viveka, they get resolved. So, Ajnana, Tatkari, Samskaram, Vinashad, Vinashad, because of the destruction of ignorance and all the products of ignorance. Meaning that there is nothing now which will force him to take birth. As long as ignorance is there or as long as his products of ignorance are there, so ignorance is in the form of its products of desires, etc. As long as those things are there, so long one is the jiva or the subtle body is forced to take another embodiment. But now no such cause remains and therefore there is no occasion for the another birth or embodiment. And therefore, Paramakayavalyam Anandaikarasam Akhilabheda Pratibhasarahitam Akhandam Brahma Avatishthade Avatishthade He abides, He remains as what? As Param, as Akhandam Brahma. He remains or totally merges into or becomes one with Akhandam Brahma. Brahma is Akhandam. There is no khanda or division in Brahma. Just as in space there are no divisions. But then we say that the part space has merged into total space when the part is broken. Not that it was ever away from the total space, but then it looked as though as long as the part is there, there appears to be some kind of a seeming separation between the part space and the total space. And when the part is broken, even that seeming separation also goes away. And so, so whatever seeming separation there was between the wise man and Brahma, even that also goes Akhanda Brahma. Brahma sabhahya bhintarokhya jaha. Brahma that is bhahya bhintaram, outside as well as inside. So in that, he becomes one with that. Akhila bheda pratibhasa rahitam. This Brahma which is devoid of any pratibhasa or appearance of all this duality or the divisions. So divisions that we see, division between the subject and the object or the duality between one and the other, duality between the sentient and the insentient, duality between the jiva and Ishwara, duality between jiva and jagat, duality between creation and the law, all these apparent dualities are there. All of this is called the bheda pratibhasa. All this duality that we experience is not real duality, it is merely pratibhasa or appearance of duality. In fact, there is no separation between one and the other at all. So this pratibhasa or the appearance which was there on account of ignorance, then subsequently, for the wise man also, as we say, he continues to function like everyone else, and therefore there appears to be some kind of a working or a seeming duality with which he transacts, even that also is no more there. Akhilabheda Pratibhasarahitam Brahma, which is devoid of any kind of an appearance of duality, whatever. Anandaikarasam, and therefore it is Anandaikarasam. It is one homogeneous, 
ananda or fullness, completeness or happiness. So Brahman which is the nature of happiness or fullness in which no duality can ever exist. Whenever we experience that happiness or fullness, we also become momentarily devoid of the ideas of duality. It is said that when I am I'm seeking something, when I want something badly, and when I get it, so that ice cream cake or whatever it is, you know. Suppose I was looking forward to a, you know, that occasion, somebody's birthday is coming or whatever occasion is coming. Then, when I get it, when I place it in my mouth, then I'm in ecstasy. That, that time in my mind, all the demands and desires and everything is resolved completely. I forget all my problems and complexes of that moment. Then people may look at me and say, hey, what are you eating? You're not supposed to eat sweets and I may remember things and again, it may all go away. Or I may finish one piece and I may look for another piece and then people may look at, you know, look at me, wondering what is it that he wants. Then perhaps this self, you know, this kind of a self-consciousness is there, the complexes are there and that ananda goes away. But the moment when I'm enjoying that, that desire, the demand, and the complexes, problems, everything is merged completely, and all there is is ananda. So in non-duality, that is ananda. In the flame of happiness, all the duality completely dissolves momentarily, and that is nature of Brahma. Therefore, it is experiential, you have the experience of Brahma at that moment. So ananda ikarasam Brahma, which is the self, which is the nature of ananda. Parama Kaivalyam. Kaivalyam is absolute, non-dual. It is isolated. Kevala is one. Absolute isolation, as he says, you know. But isolation doesn't seem to have a good connotation in our mind. Because the sense of isolation is that I feel alone, I feel lonely. So Brahma is one, but not lonely. So being alone is one thing. And being lonely is another thing. So Brahma is aloneness, not loneliness. Is oneness, but not isolation. It is absolute because that alone is. And therefore, Paramakavalyam, Brahma, which is such. Avatishthade, I am. I am means, I am Jeevan Mukta. This one who was wise while living, Tadavasane, when the Prarabdha Karma is exhausted, and even the apparent barrier does not remain, then like the part space merging into the total space, he also merges or remains one, totally one, with Brahman, which is absolute. And this is called Videha Mukti, or Videha Kaivalyam. Videha meaning that devoid of body, Videha. So Videha Mukti, therefore there is Jivan Muktihi and Videha Muktihi. So sometimes Mukti or the liberation is Thus classified as Jivan Muktihi, liberation while living, and Videha Muktihi, liberation that obtains when the body is no more there. Except that Vedanta does not see any difference between the two kinds of Mukti, meaning not that there are several Muktis or liberations, he was liberated even while here. And therefore, the last passage, 2.27, says, in support of what is stated here, Natasya prana utkramandi, Natasya prana utkramandi, Atraiva samavaniyante, 
So wise man is the one who has reached the destination and therefore no further destination to go and therefore not a sip prana utkramandi. His prana or the vital force of the, the subtle body doesn't depart. Then what happens to it? Atrayva samuniyante. They are absorbed right here. They are absorbed in him. As I said earlier, they merge into the respective components and thus we do not have a nucleus called the subtle body or the jiva. Vimuktascha vimuchyade vimuktaha. Already liberated, vimuchyade becomes liberated. Isn't that interesting? Already liberated becomes liberated. He was liberated even while here. Even as Jivan Mukta he was liberated and liberated again Videha Mukta. So one who was liberated even while being in his body is liberated without the body. Vimuktascha Vimuchyade, this is a statement from Katha Upanishad. And then an oft-quoted statement. <coughs> the idea is that it is not that he becomes liberated. He already was liberated. The self is liberated to begin with. It's not that it is bound. Still we call him liberated. Still, because it is the knowledge and the ignorance that make the difference, that's all. Even though there is no liberation in the primary sense, in as much as the self is always liberated, and still we say that he is a liberated person. Why? Because the rest of them do not know that they are liberated. Like the treasure which is buried in the ground, and one is wealthy, all right, but one doesn't know that this wealth belongs to me. And so long, one is really deprived of the benefit of the wealth. And so also the Atma is liberated, but when does, one does not know, one is deprived of the benefit of the liberation. So who is a wise man just knows that I am liberated. <coughs> so this is called Upachara. Upachara means only in a secondary sense you say that the person is liberated. If Atma is liberated in the primary sense, that means that it was bound also in a primary sense. But this liberation is similar to the liberation of that cow. That the bondage also was notional and therefore liberation also is of the same nature. In fact, as it is quoted here, so baddhattvasya bi avastavatva. Therefore again and again it is said, there is no problem. As Swamiji is fond of saying, that psychology cannot solve the problem and Vedanta does not see the problem. So Vedanta does not see the problem in life at all. Where is the problem? If you are really bound and if you are really sad, if you are really grieving, if Atma is grieving and bound and sad, suddenly there is a problem. Ashochyan anvashochastvam. However, that grief that you are experiencing really has no reason at all. 
And even when you think that you are experiencing grief, it is not you who is experiencing that grief is a state of mind anyway. Lord Krishna says even for the state of mind called grief there is no reason. Because it is merely a product of, I mean not understanding the nature of things, therefore one expects things to be different from what they are and that's how the grief comes. But their Atma is never bound to begin with and therefore when we say that one is liberated, it's not the Atma who is liberated, it is the Jiva who is liberated. Who is bound? This Jiva or Ahankara. This, this, this sense of bondage is, is, that arises, Ahankara is what we call the Jiva. Well, that one gets liberated because that one thought that he was bound. <coughs> in reality, as Gaudapadacharya says in Mandukya Kariga, Nandarodhona Chodpattihi Nabandhona Chasadakaha Namumukshunavamukha Ityesha Paramarthata Says Gaudapadacharya, Nandarodhona Nandarodhona There is no destruction or no, no death or no dissolution, no utpatti, there is no creation. Nabandho, nacha sadhaka There is no bondage, no there is a sadhaka or seeker. Nabhumukshuhu, there is no aspirant of, of liberation. Nabhamukta, no there is anyone who is liberated. Ittesha, paramasada. This is paramasada. This is the reality. So to call somebody liberated, to call somebody bound, to call somebody sane, to call somebody sinner, all of these are merely projections of our own mind. In reality such a thing is not there because nothing touches the Atma. At the most this can be said to be the nature or the characteristics of the Upadhi, but never of the Atma. And we never say when is a sinner, who do we call sinner? We call the self a sinner. When you call somebody as bound, then who is bound? According to the Atma is bound. When you say, we don't say the chair is bound or the table is sinner, meaning that this kind of branding is never done to that which is inert. All it is only sense of the conscious being is branded as a saint or a sinner or as good and bad and what not. So we are branding the Atma as a sinner and Atma as a saint. He says, no, in Atma these concepts are not there at all. Lord Krishna says that Atma is totally un- unaffected or untainted by either Papa or Punya. Since that knowledge is, is the Vivek Jnanam is something that is very by the ignorance. Therefore the ignorant people get deluded and think themselves to be bound. Ityesha Paramahasada. This is Vimuktasya Vimuchyate. One who is liberated becomes liberated. That is explained here. I am Jeevan Muktaha. Jeevan Neva. Drishyamana. Dragadveshadvandana. Dvasheshana Muktasan. This Jeevan Muktaha or a wise man, Jeevan Neva, even when he was alive, he was free. Free from what? Free from the bondage of Ragadvesha and such other bondage. These reactions, which is likes and dislikes or attachments and aversions, and such other also reactions as passion, anger, greed, already free from that. That's the real freedom, you know, that one is, is been seeking. 
what is bothering me is this ragadveshas or kama krodha lobha, you know, the passion, anger, greed. So this is what really is the bondage. Or that's the burden that I'm feeling. He was already free from this burden. Ragadveshadimandanat visheshana muktasan vimuktaha. See what the Upanishad says, vimuktascha vimuchyade. Mukta and vimukta. V is the prefix. Which means Visheshena Mukta. The prefixes all have a meaning. Mukta means liberated. Vimukta, Visheshena Mukta, space properly and very well liberated. Atma is liberated Mukta. Well, a wise man knows that I am Mukta, that is called Vimukta. So one who knows I am Mukta, I am free, and thus becomes free from even this Raga, Dvisha, etc. Vartamana Deha Pate Sadi. Bhavi deha bandhana bandha dvisheshana muchyade iyatra vishrutimaha. And when this present body drops off, then he becomes totally liberated vimuchyade. Again, again, specifically and distinctly becomes liberated from the need for having to acquire other bodies. So one was, you know, muktaha, free, even as alive, living, becomes free or liberated after the body drops off. And similar statements are found in other texts also. Says Brahmadarnika Upanishad, Yada sarve pramuchyande kama yesharudishthitaha atha martyam rutobhavadi atra brahma samashnade. How does Brahmadarnika Upanishad talk about a liberated man? Yada sarve pramuchyande kama yesharudishthitaha. Also the same mantra appears in Katha Upanishad. When rudishthitaha kamaha when all the desires which were embedded in the heart, Pramachande, when all the desires leave him. So all those various desires and demands and needs which are embedded in his heart, when he becomes, then all of them are dropped off. Athamartyo amrto bhavati. Then Martya, the mortal, becomes immortal. The mortal being becomes immortal. How can the mortal become immortal? Does it mean that he will not die now? He becomes immortal? No. Who is, who thought in body doesn't take itself to immortal? Who takes himself to immortal? That jiva, the ahankara takes himself to immortal. He discovers himself to be immortal. The rest of the things go on. The nature always, you know, acts according to its, the prakriti acts according to its nature. So body follows its own laws and therefore the body is born, body grows old and the body drops off. But the one attached to the body, identified the body, thinks that I am dropped. Yoga Vasistha is a Jeevan Mukta Padam Chakva Sadehe Karaswadehe Karasatrade Bhattideha Mukta Padam Pavanos Pandatamiva Jeevan Mukta Padam Chakva idea is that all these texts talk about what is known as Videha Mukti. The topic under discussion is Videha Mukti or liberation after the fall of the body. Where is the proof? How do you say that he will not be born again? Tell me. All right, you told us what are the characteristics of a wise man who is liberated. Is there any guarantee that he will not be bound again? This question arises often in our mind. The Swamiji, how did Brahma become Jiva in the first place? Why did Brahma become Jiva? 
you say that the one who is jiva or, or, or you know, the, the bound one is Brahman itself, then why did Brahman become jiva? And suppose I get liberated, what is the guarantee that I will not be bound again? No, ignorance does not stay the comeback. Idea is, ignorance is beginningless. And when ignorance is one dispelled in the light of knowledge, then it cannot come back. And therefore, once ignorance goes, there is no question of ignorance coming back. But still, the Upanishads also very clearly say, that the Shastras also say, Jivan Muktapadam Chetva Swadehe Kalasatkrate When this body, Kalasatkrate, becomes Kala, so when this body drops off, then Jivan Mukta Padam Chetva, one gives up even this Pada, or one's stage of what we call Jivan Mukta, or liberated while living, <coughs> Bhavatyadehamuktatvam pavanos pandatamiva bhavati adehamuktatvam then, uh, then comes a stage which is known as adehamuktatvam meaning liberated without the body. Pavanaha aspandatamiva like the wind becomes totally quiet. So wind is blowing then aspandatamiva when all the spandanam or all the movement in the wind stops Similarly also, whatever movement was there, it completely stops, and that is called Videha Mukti. And thus, this, are, this is how the Videha Mukti is, is uh, talked about in the scriptures. <coughs> and this question is, that how come, another, another text also says, why there is no question of this wise man taking another embodiment? Yasmindehe dhridamjyanam aparoksham vijayate tadehe padaparyantam eva samsadarshanam So the body in which dhridam aparoksham jnanam vijayate that body in which this firm aparoksha or immediate knowledge arises meaning one gains a firm abidance in the knowledge tadehe padaparyantam eva samsadarshanam So the samsadarshanam experiencing samsara is there only as long as the body lasts Meaning that the wise man also seems to experience samsara only as long as the body is. But when in the body there is a firmly rooted, when he is firmly rooted in knowledge, purapinasti samsara darshanam paramasataha, then once the body drops off, there is no question of samsara again. Even when he was alive, he was not in samsara, in the reality. Katham tad darshanam deha vinasa dhugamuchyade. When he, he was not in samsara, even when he was alive, how is it ever possible that he will return to samsara after the fall of the body? There is no such question. Tasmat brahmatma vijnanam drudam charam vigrahe jayate muktidam jnanam prasadadeva muchyade. Tasmat brahmatma vijnanam drudam charam vigrahe jayate. And therefore, charam vigraha, there is an expression that is used in the scriptures, the last embodiment. So, charama vigrahe, in the last embodiment, drudam brahmatma vijnanam jayate, there arises this firm knowledge of Brahman being atma. Muktidam jnanam, that knowledge which releases, the releasing knowledge, prasadadeva muchyade, and it is by the grace of that knowledge that one becomes totally liberated. Therefore, keeping all this in mind, was said, vimuktascha vimuchyade, one who was free or liberated becomes liberated. One who is liberated while in the body becomes liberated without the body. 
Or another way of looking at the statement, vimuktasya vimuchare, the one liberated, already liberated becomes liberated, is the self is ever liberated. And therefore, the self which was liberated becomes liberated. Self which is always liberated and thought to be bound because of ignorance becomes liberated in the light of knowledge. In that way also we can say, vimuktasya vimuchare. It is the attainment of already attained. It's not something new that is attained. Attainment of the freedom, which is already his nature. Vimuktasya vimuchare. <coughs> In this manner, this text, Vedanta Sara, is concluded. It started with the discussion of the, the start of first statement, Vedanta Nama Upanishad Pramanam. That's how the author started. That what is known as Vedanta is Upanishad, the Pramanam of the nature of Upanishad. And then he started describing the Anubandha Chatushtaya, what are the fourfold factors which actually make up the Shastra of the scripture, Adhikari, Vishaya, Prayajanam and Sambandha. So he started describing who is Adhikari, Sadhana, Chatushtaya, Sampanna. The Adhikari or the qualified student for Vedanta is the one who has cultivated the fourfold qualifications, Pramada, and therefore the one who is a seeker of knowledge. Vishaya Jiva Brahma Aikyam. The identity between Jiva and Brahma is the Vishaya or the theme of subject matter of Vedanta. Prayodhanam, the purpose of this knowledge is Atyantika Dukkha Nivrutti, Nirtishe Anand Avatthi, total cessation of all pain and, and suffering and absolute gain of all the Ananda or the happiness. That's the purpose. That's called Moksha and Sambandha is that the Vedanta Shastra is bodhakam, it teaches us or reveals the knowledge, nature of knowledge which is Jiva Brahmaikyam. So this is how he started with describing the Adhikari. And then said that Adhikari or a qualified student such as this goes to the teacher and surrenders himself to the teacher because he is craving for this knowledge, craving for liberation. He cannot stand the bondage for a moment also like one whose head, head is on fire and how he runs towards a pool of cool water. And so also, this person who is caught in the fire of samsara runs towards the teacher, surrenders himself to the teacher, and the teacher unfolds the truth to him by the method of so-called adhyarova and apavada. Adhyarova superimposition, apavada desuperimposition. The teacher unfolds the knowledge before him by the method of superimposition and desuperimposition. And then the author started describing what is superimposition? What is aropaha? Asarva bhutayam rajyam rajyau sarparobavat vastuni avastvaropaha adhyaropaha. Just as upon the rope which doesn't even have a trace of the snake, just as one superimposed the snake upon the rope which is totally devoid of the idea of snakeness, so also vastuni avastvaropaha, superimposing the false upon the real is called adhyaropaha. What is Vastu? That Brahma, Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Akhandam, Anandam, Brahma is Vastu. Brahman which is Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Anandam. That is Vastu, that's the reality. Agnyanadi, Sakala, Prapanchaha. And the entire creation, beginning from ignorance, right from the grossest creation, all of that is called Avastu. Meaning this whole creation, beginning from ignorance, is superimposed upon Brahma. This is how he introduced the idea of Adhyaropa and Apavada. Then proceeded to show 
how this kind of a thing, superimposition, happens because of ignorance. And what is ignorance that he gave the definition? Ignorance, sadasadhyam anirvachaniyam, that which cannot be said is or is not. Bhavarupam, something, some kind of a thing. And yet kinchita, it is some, it has some kind of a, some kind of a reality, which is not absolute reality, which is not totally non-existence, but some kind of a reality the ignorance has. And this ignorance can be said to be samasti, and he introduced the idea of samasti and vesti, the aggregate and the individual. So how the ignorance, when it is aggregate, how a whole aggregate of the trees is called forest, or the aggregates of small assemblies of water is called a great reservoir, and so also the aggregate of all the ignorance is, you know, is called maya, and the individual ignorance is called ajnanam, so maya, and Jagnanam. One is Vishuddha Sattva, other is Malin Sattva. And this is how the idea of, how one ignorance creates the idea of total and individual. And the self or Atma identified with total is called Ishvara, Sarvagnya, Sarvashaktiman. And the total upad is called Karana Shariram, causal body. The same Atma identified with individual ignorance is called or Pragnya. Pragnya means one who is essentially ignorant and that Upadhi also is called Karana Sariram, and that state is called deep sleep. So this is how he introduced the Pragna, the Tejasa, and the Vishva, or the Ishvara, Hiranyagarbha, and Virat. The causal, the subtle, and the gross. This is how the three levels of superimpositions. The causal, upon which the superimposition of subtle, upon which the superimposition of the gross, this is how he introduced them ensured the identity at all the levels. Just as there is an identity between the tree and the forest, inasmuch as the space that con- is conditioned by a tree, the same space conditioned by a forest, or there is an identity between the small pool of water and the big reservoir, inasmuch as what is reflected in a small pool of water is the same as what is reflected in the reservoir, this shows the identity, and then shows the creation, superimposition of the creation. How the ignorance is possessed of the twofold power, of our and Vikshepa, of what we call the veiling and the projecting power, and how the projecting power works only when there is veiling power, and how the whole creation is projected by the projection of Maya. How the ignorance, like a patch of cloud, how it obstructs my vision and prevents me from seeing the sun, and so also this insignificant ignorance nevertheless obstructs the vision of my intellect and prevents me from knowing my true nature, and that brings about various kinds of superimpositions. So, how the projecting power creates the whole universe. How the whole subtle universe is created. First the five elements are created, and the elements reflect the sattva, rajas and tamoguna. And from how the sattva guna is created, the sense organs of perception of the mind, and from the rajoguna are created the organs of action and the prana, and how this makes up what we call the subtle body. And how from the Tamoguna is created after Panchikaranam, this whole universe consisting of the fourteen worlds and all the different four kinds of bodies and the various kinds of sense objects that are experienced, how the whole gross universe comes into being. The self identified as the whole gross universe being called Virat. The self identified as the total subtle universe is called Hiranyagarbha. And this is how the Adhyarupa superimposition at the level of totality was described. And then he described the superimposition taking place at the level of individuality. How people superimpose different ideas upon the self. 
How somebody thinks that the sun is a self because it is dearer than my body? Another fellow says, no, the body is the self because body is dearer than sun. Somebody says, no, the sense organs are the self because without sense organs the body cannot function. Yet another one says, no, the prana is the self, the vital force, because without the vital force even the sense organs cannot function. Somebody says, no, the mind is the self because it is the mind that directs the vital force. Somebody says, no, the intellect is the self because intellect is the doer and that is what in fact directs the mind. Somebody says, no, even the intellect is not there in the deep sleep and therefore we say that it is agnana vahita jaitanyam. If somebody says, only ignorance is the self. Somebody says, consciousness endows ignorance is the self. Yet another one says, shunyam or void is the self. And the author shows how. And everybody quotes the statement from the Shruti and also gives us the reasoning in support of their view. And the author shows how all these views, all this logic is fallacious logic. And the Shruti statement that they quote are also merely, they don't have the purport in these statements and proceed to show how the self in fact is nitya shuddha buddha mukta svabhavaha <coughs> and that's how well first show the adhyaropa at the total level as well as the individual level and then begins to show the apavada how the whole thing resolves into the self how the gross world resolves into five elements and how five gross elements and the subtle body resolves into five subtle elements and how that resolves into the causal body and how that dissolves ultimately into Brahma, which is one without a second. So, Apavada is shown in this manner. So, Adhyaropa and Apavada. By this method, we are led to the truth. And that is how he says, this method also explains the statement, Tattvamasi, that the word. Because what is called that is this Brahma, endowed with all this Upadi, is called Ishvara. What is called how is this Jiva? Atma again and out of the individual upadi. In the statement, Tattva Masi, or that thou art, reveals the identity between the two. And how that identity is revealed, that also is described in detail, that what is known as by Lakshana Vrti, Bhagatyaga Lakshana. That the con- like the Soyam Devadatta, this is that Devadatta. And how the contradictory elements in Devadatta are negated in our mind, and we see the identity of the person Devadatta. And so, so when we are told Tattva Masi, how I take myself to be a small limited being, Alpagnya, Alpashaktiman, and how Ishwara is taken as Sarvagnya, Sarvashaktiman, and how therefore there is no way that I can see the identity. And then we are told that this Alpagnyatvam also belongs to Upadi, the Sarvagnyatvam, Omniscience also belongs to the Upadi, but then the consciousness which is reflected in the Upadi is one alone, and that is how by the removal of the contradictory elements, one appreciates the identity of Chaitanya, the consciousness that obtains in Tat and Tvam. This is called Upadesha Vakya. In this manner, the Upadesha is given. And how does the student respond? Aham Brahmasmi. The student responds in this manner. So when taught by the teacher, when the truth is unfolded, then the student responds, Aham Brahmasmi. I am Brahma, meaning that this Vritti, this Gnana Vritti, arises in the student. When he listens to the teacher and contemplates upon the statement of the teacher, this vritti or this knowledge arises, I am Brahman. Which knowledge is somewhat different from the knowledge, objective knowledge? In case of ghata, pata, the chair and table and this forms of knowledge, it is a mind that goes out, assumes the form of the object and we have a thought of the nature of the object where the first the mind pervades the object 
in the consciousness reflected in the mind reveals that object. But that, that is called vritti vyapti and phala vyapti. But here the way knowledge takes place is, yes, the mind reveals the name self as a Brahma, but Brahma being self-effulgent, there is no phala vyapti. And therefore, this vritti also ultimately subsides, leaving Brahman one without a second. So this is how the process of aham brahmasmi, the knowledge, was also described. And what are the means of gaining this knowledge? Shravana, manana, nididhyasana, samadhi. He said, these means also are required, otherwise knowledge does not take place. So he described what is shravanam. Shravanam is vichara, shastra vichara, tatpare nirnaya, to ascertain the purport of the scriptures by the shadlinga. Upakrama upasamhara, abhyasaha, apurvata, phalam, arthavada, upatti, by this method, so by this chinha or by this linga, by this science, we determine the purport of the scriptures. That the purport of the scriptures is in Brahman, which is one without a second. <coughs> Mananam is what we have ascertained uh, as a result of Shravanam, reflecting upon them, therefore reflecting upon that truth and making it free from any doubts. Lididhyasanam, what was Dehatubuddhi, is there eliminating the dehatmabuddhi by focusing our mind again and again upon this knowledge, upon the self, and ultimately samadhi. Samadhi means a natural effortless absorption. The samadhi also is described as twofold, savikalpaka samadhi and nirvikalpaka samadhi. Samadhi where the distinction of the known and known is there, that distinction ultimately also drops off, and thus the wise man is the one who effortlessly abides in the self. How to attain this samadhi? Then describe the Ashtanga Yoga. That in the method suggested in the Yoga Shastra, in order for one to attain that frame of mind which where the mind can abide, the eight steps were described. Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana and Savikalpa Samadhi. So these are the eight steps by which ultimately one attains the Nirvikalpa Samadhi. And having done that, then the author describes finally the Jivan Muktaha, the wise who is liberated even while living in this body, is Jivan Muktaha. How he is free from all the actions, the Sanchita Karma, the Agami Karma, and the Prarabdha Karma, all the actions are destroyed in the wake of the knowledge. How all the doubts are resolved, how the various complexes are also cut asunder, and this is how the wise man becomes free from all inner complexes, from all doubts and from all bondage that external world can place upon him. So he becomes free from internal bondage and external bondage. There is bondage two ways. But internally I feel that those various complexes and fears and insecurities. And secondly, the world also seems to thrust upon me variety of burdens. Wise man is the one who becomes free from all this. So karma can be said to be the bondage that comes from outside. And all these granthis are the bondage that arises from within. He is free from all this bondage. So liberated while living. And uh, a person such as this, what, what is his behavior? How do we know him? He says, it is said that he is the one who is spontaneously good. He is not the one who is, whose behavior is licentious, spontaneously good. And therefore, such great qualities, amanitvam, etc., and adrashtva, etc., all of these are, they abide in him like ornaments. 
that he is naturally uh, compassionate and friendly and accommodative and whatever. All these noble qualities are those which naturally abide in him as ornaments. <coughs> and then he continues to live in his body as long as the prarabdha is. And when the prarabdha is exhausted, the body drops off and vimuktascha vimuchyade. One who was already liberated even while alive remains, becomes liberated in the absolute sense which is the ultimate goal, that is ultimate goal is absolute liberation, moksha. And thus beginning from the seeker right to the moksha, all the steps are here very beautifully expounded in this text. A very beautiful text in as much as it is not a very big text, but in the, in the scope of this relatively short text, the entire, you know, all the basic ideas of Vedanta have been very beautifully covered. And therefore, a, a study of this text is something that gives us a great clarity. It resolves a number of doubts and can give us an abidance. And so that's why this text is a, a fairly well-respected text. Therefore we find these commentaries upon them. It is Srimat Paramahamsa Paribrajakacharya Sadananda Virichdo Vedanta Sarasamapta. In this manner, this text called Vedanta Saraha, which is composed by Sadananda, who is the Paramahamsa Paribrajakacharya. This is how a wise man is, uh, is always called. This is his title. Enunciate. Paramahamsa Paribrajakacharya. Paramahamsa. Paramaha Hamsaha. Parama means Shreshtha, exalted. Hamsaha means Soham, one who has a knowledge of a self who is free or who is Brahma. So one who abides in knowledge of a self is called Paramahamsaha. Ramakrishna was called Paramahamsa. You know Hamsaha? Hamsa also means a swan, a goose, a divine goose, let us say. We just say to have this uh, ability, it's a mythological thing, you know, imagination, I guess. We say to be able to separate milk from water. Uh, this hamsa is a bird that is said to separate. So if, if you give him milk and water mixture, it will drink milk. It will take milk, leaving the water. However it does, you know. So this is called, this is a beautiful illustration of what we call viveka or discrimination. When two things are so mixed up that you cannot separate them, it requires a very special faculty to separate them. And similarly, so Atma and Anatma, the self and the non-self are so intimately mixed that we cannot even separate them. So just as a, a hamsa or a swan separates the milk from water, and so also a wise man separates the self from the non-self, therefore he is also called hamsa. Paramahamsa, the most exalted hamsa, as compared to ordinary hamsa, which only separates milk from water, this is most exalted hamsa which separates the self from the non-self. So Paramahamsa. Parivrajaka. Parivrajanam means wandering. So monks are always wandering monks. Never remaining in one place. Only in Chaturmasa, only in the months of monsoon, they used to live in one place and then they used to teach. But otherwise they always used to wander. Because monsoon makes it very difficult to travel. And so they were always, always traveling or wandering monk. Parivrajaka. Acharya, Acharya means the great teacher, Sadananda Virachitaha, Vedanda Sara, Samaptaha. This text called Vedanda Sara, composed by Sadananda, is thus concluded. <coughs>
टीका नित्य शुद्ध परिपूर्ण मद्वयम सच्चिदात्मक अखंड मक्षरम सर्वदा सुखम बौद्ध तत्कृत ही वर्जितम सदहमस्मी तत्परम ही डिक्लेयर्स तत्परम अहमस्मी दैट इज वॉट आई एम नित्य शुद्ध परिपूर्ण मद्वयम सो दैट इज नित्य शुद्ध एवर प्योर परिपूर्ण एवर कंप्लीट इन एवरी रिस्पेक्ट अद्वयम द नॉन डिवल सच्चिदात्मकम दैट इज द नेचर ऑफ सत एंड चित अखंडम दी अनडिवा इनडिविजिबल अनडिवाइडेड अक्षरम इम्यूटेबल सर्वदा सुखम ऑफ द नेचर ऑफ एवर लास्टिंग हैपीनेस अबोध तत्कृत ही वर्जितम दैट इज टोटली रिवॉर्ड ऑफ इग्नोरेंस इन द प्रोडक्ट्स ऑफ इग्नोरेंस प्योर सत अहमस्मी दट सत और ब्रह्म तत्परम ब्रह्म आय एंड दिस इज दिजन ऑफ द वाइज मैन एंड दस वी कंप्लीट अवर स्टडी हियर with the prayer that this knowledge you know we gain the grace of the teachers and so that we also gain the knowledge and an abidance in the knowledge we will chant the first two invocation verses that we chant in the beginning and that is how we will conclude this akhandam sachidanandam akhandam sachidanandam avang manasagocharam अवांग मनस गोचर आत्मखिलाधारम आत्मखिलाधारम आश्रय भीष्ट सिद्ध आश्रय भीष्ट सिद्ध अर्थतोप्यदयानंदन अर्थतोप्यदयानंदन अतीतद्वैतभानत अतीतद्वैतभानत गुरूनाराध्य वेदात गुरूनाराध्य वेदात सारम वक्ष्ये यथामति वक्ष्ये यथामति ओम पूर्णमद पूर्णमिद पूर्णात्ूर्णमुद्य पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेवशिष्य शाते शाते शाति शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव वादरायण सूत्रभाष्यत वंदे भगवतनःश्वरो गुरुरात्मे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योम व्याप्तहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम ओ शाते शाते शाति हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम